Mind Over Millennial contains explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. All views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the creators of Mind Over Millennial. The creators are not licensed healthcare, finance, or life professionals, but we're happy to share our Google expertise with you. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Mind Over Millennial. My name is Lauren. My name is Tess. <laughs> and Tess is over here making me fucking crack up as soon as I press the record <laughs> button, because why the fuck not, I guess. I'm over here moshing to myself. I miss mosh bits. <laughs> um, and so one thing that I just want to point out is that this is our Halloween episode. Woo, it's spooky season. It is spooky. <laughs> fucking season i'm uh, so happy I, me too me too i am i am so i i fucking love halloween like it's my favorite holiday so I, mine too is it yes i oh. love halloween it's my favorite holiday yeah okay cool <laughs> we're learning <laughs> think, about each I other think, i think i never outgrew the dress up phase like when you you know as a kid you dress up in your mom's closet or whatever and i think i never outgrew that and so to me it's like it's the one day of the year it's socially acceptable to just dress yeah to just yeah. dress up and yeah. i am i am not one of those people that's like gonna put on lingerie and fucking bunny ears or something like that no no we're going all out it is gonna be weird it's gonna be great <laughs> yeah i'm the i'm the katie of the group so like yes. if, if i were going <laughs> that's a mean girls reference by the way but like <laughs> if i were going to a fucking halloween party i'm the one that's the dead bride with the fucked up teeth and like everybody else is yeah. running around in the cute little outfits but oh yeah gosh. yes yeah no <laughs> Twenty years is just no. It's a waste of a no. Mm-mm. You know, I would do that ironically. Like I'd do mm. it as like a zombie. I would. I would fucking do that. I mean, I got the. That would be it. hilarious. Do yeah. like a lingerie zombie kitten thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I. I just like wear like super fucked up makeup, but then have like my tits out, and I think that'd be <laughs> fine too. The guys would probably like that a little bit better. Be like, well, she's got like a little bit of a personality <laughs> under there, and I could see her tits. It's great. There's originality and tits. Who doesn't love both? So <laughs> this is the best of both worlds. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, Tess, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I was sick this week. Not the Rona, just the flu. Um, the worst. I, it's okay. It is what it is. But um, yeah, then I made up for it in like two days, and now I'm paying for that. So I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, good, good shit. How are you, good dear? Shit. Uh, I'm good. Um, we're recording this before my birthday. When it releases, it'll be after my birthday. I am old. I'm turning 26. I don't give a fuck who's older than me, but like, I consider that to be really old because I just didn't want to live past 16. So here we are. Amesies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be 26 this year. I have no fucking clue where the year even went. 
Um, I was a super adult today and I bought a really expensive air purifier. Ooh. So that's going to be interesting. It better fucking work because it was way <laughs> too much money for it to not work. Um, and I got my third dress for your wedding. <laughs> it's been so long since the first date. Like I, I have to make sure my dress still fits because I, I have no idea what happened this year either. Oh my God. Yeah. I outgrew the first two. So <laughs> it's okay, girl. I, there's no shame here. I think, like I said, we all gained the quarantine 15 or oh. how it was per person. I don't know. Yeah. No. Um, the good news is, is that like finally I am dedicating the time to work out in a consistent manner and you, you okay? Sneezing? Yes. I had to mute and cough. Oh, okay. I'm going to uh, try to do that so you don't have to edit as much. I appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm finally dedicating the time to work out again. And I went up to North Carolina and got all of my, uh, the few little workout equipment things that I do have. So I have oh, a 45 nice. pound kettlebell. Yeah. And so now we're finally gonna, finally gonna see some results, hopefully, cause it's going to be dedicated and actually have a decent diet. So. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. That's, it's inspiration. Actually, I saw someone on Instagram the other day doing a 500 kettlebell swing challenge. I think she's doing 500 oh. a day for a month or something like that. And oh. Like I hurt for her, but I'm also insanely inspired. Like you have like the dedication and she got the booty to go with it. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, my goal is to actually do, um, 300 crunches a day, mm -hmm. um, three sets of, uh, planks. So full plank and then side planks for at least five minutes, like state stationed out, I guess. Okay. Like, I was like. You're no, not not each minutes? time. Like, oh my god! I used to be able to. Oh no! I used to be able to. Um, and then um, doing kettlebell deadlifts for a hundred each day, and I'm gonna do that for about a week, and then see, readjust, yeah. and then hopefully add some more kettlebell uh, deadlifts. But my I started doing this on uh, Friday. We're recording on Sunday again, so my legs are already pretty dead. I did something, I don't know if it was really smart or really stupid the yeah. other day. Um, I don't remember why, but I had started drinking a little too early that day. Bless. And then I get to the end of my day, I've done work, done with everything else. And I was like, oh, I forgot to work out today. And I was like, well, I'm a little tipsy. Hey, it's okay. I'll be fine. So I took my vodka to the gym with me. Bless. Oh my God. <laughs> And she knocked over her microphone. My mic just fell because, like, I legitimately just dropped. Oh, Jesus. No, All right. Well, no. we're fucking done. Goodbye. <laughs> anyway, I took my vodka to the gym with me, and somehow it did not let me feel when my legs were done. And I did like five more sets than I should have done. And I didn't walk for three days. Because <laughs> I couldn't feel it when it was happening. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That was a booty growth workout right there. Just max out. That's the new way to max out. Please don't do that, guys. Don't do no. This is not advisable. Oh my god, do not do me. My no, I think my life might be falling down around my ears. Don't do me. Uh, okay, so we're talking about cults today, and one of the people that join cults are people whose life is just falling down around their ears. Yeah. So but, this is the the cautionary tale for Tess over here. 
yeah so uh to tessa's point uh for the halloween spooky season and as our first episode for halloween um we're gonna talk about cults um and actually uh we're gonna talk about cults because it was actually it was actually suggested by a listener of ours and uh he was hoping that we would do an episode on cults so here we go you you request we deliver Exactly. Um, so since we aren't really a true crime podcast, I didn't want to delve into like the legality of them from my end. Um, but as someone who loves that shit, I wanted to do some research on how to basically like stay out of a cult or, you know, like give some advice on how to identify like the schemes and offer balanced views on what we're kind of looking at from a societal psychological ish standard. Um, something like that. Yeah. So like, as always, not an expert. Uh, but I did find a website created by a PhD. So you could argue he's an expert, I guess. Uh, so probably. It's all, yeah, it's only like what he studied and dedicated his life to, but you know, we're still all humans and stuff. So I, I don't You just know. spent five minutes Googling it. It was more than five minutes, but still. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't know the man personally, uh, but I found his website and got into a rabbit hole. So here we go. Woo! <laughs> so um, Kelton Rhodes actually has this really interesting website uh, that is basically like almost kind of like a thesis like it's a free thesis or a free um kind of like a timeline type website um which probably isn't the right word for it when it comes to uh research and stuff but it was kind of like a free-formed thought type of website so like instead of looking for like articles that he had posted or anything like that it's basically like all there which is really interesting um so this is basically a lot of his research and then some other rabbit holes that I went through. Um, so research actually indicates that approximately two thirds of cult members are psychologically healthy people that come from normal families and are mm. truly just more idealistic than anything. Okay. Um, literally anyone can find themselves in these situations. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> so honestly, um, if I were growing up during COVID and had just graduated from college into all this fucking mess, uh, I would probably end up in a cult. I, yeah, I honestly, it, just from the perspective of, you know, how it almost feels like you gain a family or they present it that way and you gain a rule set and you gain the ability to achieve perfection, you know, I could see it. Yeah. I could see it. No, no shame and no judgment there. Just be really careful that it doesn't, you know, devolve. Yeah, exactly. I mean, mind you, for me, it would probably be like CrossFit or some shit, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, the remaining third of you know the the two thirds are psychologically healthy. The remaining third are uh, likely to have depressive symptoms, uh, okay. usually related to like a personal loss. You know, think about a death in the family, a failed romantic relationship, career issues. Um, only five to six percent of cult members actually demonstrate major psychological problems prior to joining a cult, and that's from a study back in 1995. Okay. Yeah. So as a whole, like cult members and leaders really don't seek out people that have mental illnesses because uh, you're actually seen as a liability. So, you know, if, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if, if you got depression, you know, just enjoy your couch, eat your Oreos. You, you don't need to apply. Like you're fine. You're good. <laughs> healthy people, you can apply. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, healthy people, you can, like you can, you can do whatever the fuck you're, We're you're not a little advocating for it though. <laughs> No, we're also not advocating for substance abuse. So, like, actually, please don't join a cult. <laughs> Just don't actually do that. Uh, Wait, does AA count as a cult? No. Okay. 
No, Sorry, actually. that was a random question. I was like, wait. Well, because cults kind of, the, the benefit is to the leader of the cult. When you're in something like, you know, a, a religious group or you're in something like AA or, you know, and, and or even like a gym, the, the benefit isn't necessarily the person that owns the gym. The benefit isn't the person that is running the AA session. The benefit is to you as an individual to grow. Okay. So it's so, like the pyramid versus the spread the love. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. there's no like true high, like there's the idea of a hierarchy, but there's no financial, political, or any sort of extra gain that anybody else that is kind of running those community groups gets from running a community group while somebody that is running a cult or is a cult leader has something to gain, whether it's societal, whether it's cultural, whether it's, you know, uh, financial, which most of these end up being as a financial gain right. or yeah. just the power over others. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So arguably environmental factors uh, can cause somebody to join a cult more, um, especially if there's uh, excessive groupthink in society and being accepted by a cultural shift, um, then persons, then a person's personality or a mental health issue. Like that's, that's the end all be all is, is that when there's enough going on in the world situationally, whether it's just your world or even just like a cultural shift, like, you know, back in the 1970s, like the sixties and seventies with the whole counterculture, we saw a fuck ton of mm -hmm. cults come out of that because there's, there's just so much going on and, and normalcy or normalcy is being kind of thrown out the window for a new normal, which doesn't mean that there's a problem with the world progressing, but people do take advantage of those that are feeling like they're lost in the crosshairs of that. Um, and these situational factors can be things like loneliness, you know, situational depression and uncertainty of the next steps of their life can cause people that are completely normal to become a victim to a cult um, where there is that sense of community and there's guidance and there's communal purpose and it's thrown it's it's shown through structure authority and very close-knit community contacts mm -hmm. um truthfully if you really want all that join the military my dudes like <laughs> it has an insane amount of community and hierarchy so if you're looking for stability that's the place to go and you get a fucking paycheck so true yeah. true it's uh, wow i see lots of not not cults but like the a similar culture that we create in a lot of our like you mentioned crossfit or for me it would be jujitsu or the military or anything like that that's really interesting that we're it almost appears that we're trying to find that balance between having all of the pros of a cult without it actually becoming cult like or cultish right Right. Well, and I mean, like, even people can kind of argue that, like, people that do, like, CrossFit or something like that, it is kind of like a quote-unquote cult, right? Like, there's a whole entire personality shift that kind of goes with being in that realm. But again, like, you have to remember that being in a group or identifying yourself with a group of people doesn't necessarily make you a part of a cult, especially if you are benefiting from that group. Right. No, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm not 
going after anybody. I mean, I'm in jujitsu and I know that a lot of people have questioned, even athletes within the sport have questioned, is this a cult? And there's extensive (laughs) papers written on it. I read some of them prior to this episode and it's just, it's really interesting. So I'm not condemning anybody. I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody. I find it very interesting. Well, I mean, you guys do pay money to beat each other up and then the money goes to somebody else. So like maybe... Also, there are some clubs with ridiculously regimented uh, rules. Oh, really? Yeah, down to what uniforms you can and can't wear, what color they can and can't be, um, what you say when you walk in, what you do when you walk in. Like, there are ways to address certain people within the hierarchy, um, dependent on the club, dependent on the affiliation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of people have really questioned it. Does, is that just meant to be like a form of discipline? Because, like, that sounds cultish to me. I believe that's what it stems from. Um, There are, obviously, a lot of the different martial arts are really strict around discipline and all that kind of stuff. There is, um, I'm not going to name any names because, again, I don't want to push into anybody, but there have been questions around one or two names in jiu-jitsu and not the entirety of the sport as well of, like, is this affiliation more than this other one? Um, Because there's varying degrees within the entire thing. Yeah. So interesting. I just, I thought it was really cool. It was whenever I was researching all of this, that was something that came up and I wanted to know like, where is the cult culture in my everyday life? And that was of course the biggest one. Interesting. Doesn't mean I'm going to quit. I plan to be there for a while. So I mean, (laughs) I mean, you shouldn't quit. Like it's, (laughs) I don't think it's a cult personally. I don't, I don't think so either. It was just, like I said before, there's that balance of like, can we find all of these things that are the good parts, the family parts, the belonging? Because if you meet somebody pretty much anywhere in the States and you're like, oh, I do jujitsu and they say, oh yeah, I do too. It's like instant best friends. You know, it's that sense of camaraderie, no matter the affiliation kind of thing. Yeah. No. And that's, and that's nice too. And I mean, I feel like it's the same way with, you know, you, you know, through Tim and also your experience by being like a a military significant other, but it kind of is the same way with the military too. Like you do already have that instinctual, uh, knit family, so to speak. So yeah, a commonality. And just like, if you, you know, put on that uniform, whether whatever sport or military, that kind of thing, it's like, if you wear the uniform, you're a friend, you're a, yeah. Family member. Fuck. Maybe the Tampa Bay lightning are actually a cult. See, this was what was so interesting to me when I started doing all this research. I was like, where is this culture in my life? <laughs> I don't think the Tampa Bay Lightning is a cult, by no, the way. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I did get a tattoo for their Stanley Cup win, but like, they're not a cult, so. Hey. <laughs> Ish. All right. Anyways, so, so Dr. Rhodes uh, actually identifies 30 different types of influence tactics uh, that are broken down essentially by two types. So, um, they're, they're get tactics, so how to get you into the cult, and then there are keep tactics, right? Ooh, okay. So, like, getting you and then keeping you and retaining you. Can we turn this into, like, relationship advice and how to get a boyfriend? Ish. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't take your podcast to the gym and don't do that. Let's, let's not um, manipulate people into staying no, no, no. in a relationship. Don't, don't do that. That's bad. Uh, That's toxic. We talked about that. No. But it does kind of actually get into that eventually-ish. Um, <laughs> so these tactics essentially target an individual to lower their self-esteem and keep them susceptible and able to be persuaded by the teacher's lessons or mantras. So again, if you really need a boyfriend that badly, build him up to break him the fuck down. Or, you know, be aware if your boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other is doing that to you. 
Yeah, and then run for the fucking hills. Yeah. Your your Uber is here. You gotta fucking go. You're you're out of it. Bye. Yeah. Don't don't wait till you have to make that call for pizza. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, however, people with high self-esteem uh, may feel the desire to hear and accept a well-formulated argument or mantra so okay. that they then feel like they're being empowered or they are able to acknowledge and accept an enlightenment beyond what other people have. Okay. So there really isn't a delineation between self-esteem and joining a cult from all the research that I've seen. Like you can have low self-esteem and you can have high self-esteem. I just think it's really fucking interesting how people who think very highly of themselves aren't the ones running the fuck fest and are the ones in it to win it for the approval of others. Hmm. Part of me gets that and part of me questions it and I'm trying to figure out like how to put that into words. I don't know. Maybe where is their high self-esteem coming from? Is it coming from the approval of others and therefore to maintain they want that relationship or is it internally grown, you know? I mean, I feel like I'd actually have to talk to somebody that has high self-esteem. I don't, so I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that. I get that. Small personal attack on myself too. It's fine. (laughs) Interpersonal digs. That's what we're here for, folks. All right. The end end all be all is that it's really about just having a persuasive message. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Which I mean, like, I I don't fault because we're here trying to persuade others to listen to us. So I mean, like, there has to be some cross benefit analysis in this, I guess. Like, I mean, it, it, part of it makes a lot of sense. Like I've seen some pyramid schemes, which I would, based on everything you've said so far, I think those are equatable a little Mm -hmm. bit. Yes. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, in like multi-marketing schemes and stuff like that. Yeah, like it that's what I, yeah. And like, their message, like what they promise you is super attractive. You start like looking and about one layer underneath is complete, ugh. but like <laughs> what they promise on the top looks great. Yeah. And the people, the few people that actually do make it so that they can have that image, like they look great. Yep. So I yep. get it. Like, no, I've got a chick on my Instagram who actually is with an MLM and she's incredibly successful with it. So, I mean, like, you know, man, I, I truthfully don't know. I haven't been involved in an MLM, but you know, if you're, if you're making it work for you, more power to you, but yeah. uh, I would just still do, do your own IRA, make sure that you're taken care of and you're covered. Cause oh yeah, no, a hundred percent. Eventually, I, I like any business that'll come crumbling the fuck down. Yeah. I actually have two. You talked about people on your Instagram that are in the same MLM. Oh. One of them is insanely successful and the other one does not present success. I don't know if she is successful. I'm not going to judge her because I only know what she puts on her Instagram, which is like 1% of her humanness. Um, <laughs> but what? It is. Instagram is not real. 1% of your humanness. What? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't front for social media at all. I, I just finally posted like a thirst trap picture the other day because I found one. <laughs> I, I found a Snapchat filter that I fucking adored, and I was just like, well, fuck. Like if I had known this when I was in college, well, <laughs> no offense to Ian. Like, I'd still marry him anyways. But <laughs> oh my god. But still, I don't front for it either. But it's only like one percent because mine is like basically competition pictures. 
Oh, okay. No, I feel that. It's, you're not posting everything anyway. So, but it's just really interesting to see two people in the same MLM. That's just like very, very different. Yeah. I mean, you don't piss, you you don't, you don't piss, you don't post pictures of you uh, crying in your bathroom when it's been a really fucking rough day. No, that's what Snapchat's for. Cause then it disappears. Oh fuck. That's valid. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm learning things guys. I'm a really bad millennial. I guess. So. We just found out Snapchat was still a thing like a week ago. Oh, I've had it for ever. I don't, I've never really been a huge fan of Snapchat, but. I, I used it back in high school or whatever, but I haven't used it in ages. And I recently found out it was still a thing. I was like, oh, I still have one of those. It's really old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I derailed us. Continue, dear. <laughs> um, so basically, um, Two things that really do seem to align all of these entities are hierarchical uh, hierarchical relationships. Are hierarchical relationships? I edit that five times fast. So hierarchical relationships, hierarchical relationships. I'm not going to do it anymore because that's just fucking annoying. Anyways, (laughs) and uh, isolationism. So if you find yourself in something that's reminding you of the empire of uh, World War II Japan, how about you get the fuck out? Just just call it quits. Just call it quits. I really hope somebody laughed at that because I feel like (laughs) nobody's going to find that funny. Um, I find you funny. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But to your point, I I mean, it's, it's basically the same as an abusive relationship, I feel. Like, I mean, you, you take somebody away from their friends and their family and their peers and put yourself on a pedestal while giving them snippets of something that they can hold on to, but it's just a recipe for disaster and anyone can fall into the trap of being in one of these instances. So, you know, if if you notice a friend or a family member in today's uncertain times like legitimately this would be probably something where we're going to see cults start to pop up again um in the next like four to five years because there's there's a lot that's going on that is uncertain and that's not to say that any of the things that are kind of happening in society need to or whatever on the geopolitical scale but even just like covid in general is really taking a toll on people oh yeah and it's it's throwing people way off of their life path, even if they didn't have very large structure or very convenient. What's the right word? Um, I guess just didn't have structure. So for people that didn't have structure to begin with, you know, this is something that if you are looking for structure, you know, join the YMCA instead of Scientology. You feel me? Like just just let's just not. Let's just not go for that route. Let's just, let's find. Here, we can try other things first. We, yes. Let's, let's go, let's go join a jujitsu gym or join a CrossFit gym. And if that's not what you want to do at all, like maybe you're not even a gym person, find a church that isn't super sketchy. Or even just like a and d like tabletop group, like Dungeons and Dragons, tabletop oh, games. Yeah. I mean, there you don't have to be super active. You can sit in front of your computer and like have a great time or meet with friends, social distance, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And those can be great fun. I've got a friend in Seattle that his two outlets are D&D and broadsword fighting. Because well, why the fuck not? <laughs> so when you say like broadsword like you legitimately mean like sword fighting like sword yeah fighting. no he like whacks at people and then sends me these pictures of his ribs that are like black i'm like hey dude how's it going he's like it's great look at my new bruise i just 
do they ride horses? Like, is this? No, like- no. This is like all on the ground. They don't do like any Renaissance fairs or anything. I feel like they need to do a Renaissance fair. I'm sure some of them do. I don't think he does. He does it as like his workout kind of thing. Because I mean, right? I I'm think sure it- that's an impressive workout too. Does he? Ja- do they? Are they in like chainmail and shit too? Like, um, they do the chainmail when they have the actual swords. When they have the wooden training swords, then sometimes not. Which is why it's like whack bruises. each other with wooden swords. Yeah. <laughs> that does not sound fun to me. Oh, it sounds fun to me. Oh, geez. All right. Well, you're a little bit more masochistic than I am. But um, yeah, I mean, essentially, that that's my segment um, for what I researched. So. Okay. Well, I, I had a thought while you were talking about all of that and talking about how cults could possibly pop up. Yeah. Um, something I noticed on the Tiki Talk a while ago was that the Starseed cult is making a reappearance. What is that? Starseeds were, um, let's see, what is a Starseed? I'm going to pull this up. It's a New Age belief, and it was founded by uh, Brad Steger in his okay, 19- if any, if any cult, if anything, is formulated by a Chad or a Brad, you immediately need to get in your fucking Uber and leave. Well, and it's it's also from like a book. It's it's not a like really well formed cult. It's more like people who um, believe that they are star seeds. Like their soul is like a an alien star seed kind of thing. Is and that it's not like the same as Scientology. No, it's different. It's a little bit different. But the interesting part of this is it made a reemergence on TikTok and it didn't seem to be. And I had not thoroughly researched this. This is a theory. So let me build to my theory. Um, they're having isolation via the internet because you are identifying with people around the world that you believe to be like yourself or believing in similar religious or whatever beliefs, but it's even more isolated because it's not meeting in person. And I'm interested to see what kind of psychological like effect that will have over the next few years. This wasn't one example. I'm not, again, I'm not like pushing on anybody, but I think that's really interesting to say like these cults, instead of saying we have a compound, it's like we have a chat room. Oh, fuck. So nobody's safe. Right, exactly. And the, the, the level of isolation, when you think about that, of like being in your room on your computer, that's what... I, I can't even imagine that level of loneliness that that would create. Yeah. Are you like instructed to stay in your room? Like you're not supposed to leave? Like you're just supposed to. No, no, no. It, I, I don't mean it. I don't mean like that's part of the doctrine, but what I mean is if that's who you identify with and those are your people and that is your, your group, for this sake, yeah, your group, your cult for the sake of this episode, but they don't have physical meetings because of social distancing. They don't meet in person. You might be talking to somebody across the world and that is your like source of belonging, but it's all completely virtual. Technically you've still taken away like the human contact, most of the human contact element. Are incels considered a cult? Incels? Oh, uh, the, the white knights of the internet who are, um, they're they're virgins but not by choice they're virgins because women don't want to have sex with them but all they do is spend time on 4chan and other shit like this is a very high generalization because i don't i'm sorry if you're an incel i have no respect for you whatsoever so uh 
Here's me over here. I'm not pushing on anybody. And Lord, I have no respect for you. That's nope. our contrasting personalities right there. No, nope. Tessa's, Tessa's far, uh, far more kind than I am. I, I, I don't have any respect for you. Um, I don't, I don't know. That's kind of interesting. Cause like the whole premise behind that too, is that like they stay in their rooms and they stay in these chat rooms and kind of the far extreme of it is it's essentially just a bunch of misogyny and women hating. Uh, which is why I have no respect for it. Like, oh, if, I thought you were going for something along the lines of like forty-year-old virgin, which is pretty misogynistic in itself. Ish. I mean, like that's kind of what it is. Um, I don't know. Like, I I don't know if that's considered a cult. I know a cult is normally con- considered a derogatory term, which is why in this case I'm trying to say cult culture. That you know the pros without all that negative part of it, but also cult is normally religious. Oh, but that's not true. Okay, well, it started as religious. I did find that in my research. Okay, so one thing that I just do want to point out is there are actually like five types of branches uh, mm. that are considered. So like there's the, there, there is religious, which is what we normally associate cults with, right? right. Um, and then there's political. So like there's the cult of personality. So you could consider, um, you know, Stalin and his cult of personality and communism uh, under that reign or really communism in any form in the... 20th and 21st century to be a cult. Um, and then there is uh, economic, so like the, the marketing level or mm-hmm. the MLMs, excuse me, multi-level marketing things. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck, buddy. And there are two more I can't think of right now. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll look it up and, and find it again. But there's, there's actually like five different things. But to your point, the ones that we normally hear about and we think about are those religious cults that aren't even necessarily like they don't need to be any sort of sect of religion, right? Like a lot of them that we do hear about in the United States are usually, you know, Christian uh, cults and everything else. But I mean, like, uh, I'm not going to get super political. Never mind. Um, but like, there's a couple of other things. Like, there's some Netflix series about some Buddhist cults and stuff like that. Um, and there's actually a Buddhist cult in, um, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> in the UK, which actually got a lot of attention because um, they are it's it's surrounded by this whole entire thing of like serenity and peace and love and they build these communes right but the end all be all is that you have people that are working for no real money or supplying anything and then end up in situations where they're pretty much destitute and far away from anybody else i mean it's not necessarily like a jonestown where you do have those multiple um or like the the forced suicides so to speak or even like heaven's gate where you have supposedly the um uh, are they Volun- voluntary suicides? Um, and I think that's why, like, especially in the United States, we immediately turn to like those the the Christian cults, and we immediately go, "Well, those are just awful." Right? Like, they do result in a lot more death than what we hear about with other cults, and that doesn't mean that other cults don't have death. Right. Yeah. But like, if you're thinking of things that are probably the, the worst, the worst of the worst, like, I mean, like a multi-level marketing scheme or like a, an economic uh, marketing type cult, like, at least you're not going to lose your life, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But yeah, so. I did actually find a really interesting story where you talk about, you know, the ones that aren't 
what defines the term, but kind of the more fringe, fly under the radar type, whatever. And I did not know this, but critics have accused Lululemon of being a cult. What? Yeah. The founder of Lululemon, Chip Wilson, wanted to spread the ethics of the novel Atlas Shrugged, which teaches self-interest should be the most important thing in society. And the company teaches their employees that they are superior to others. They have even pushed employees to use their manager retail job paychecks to purchase expensive self-help seminars called Landmark Forum, which cla- with classes that cost from hundreds to thousands of dollars. It's also a requirement for Lululemon employees to purchase the clothing and wear it as their work uniform. Now, here comes the interesting part. In 2011, a Lululemon employee did not make enough money to afford the clothing that she needed as a work uniform, so she felt that her only option was to steal the yoga pants. She was caught red-handed by one of her fellow co-workers, and rather than risk losing the job at Lululemon, she murdered her co-worker in cold blood and tried to blame it as a robbery. She was sentenced to life in prison without the chance of parole. So I did hear about that case, and I also have read as Atlas Shrugged. So one thing that I do want to point out about Atlas Shrugged is that even though it's it's not about being superior, it's about individualism. So Atlas Shrugged was actually written by Ayn Rand. Uh, Ayn yeah. Rand. Mm-hmm. Ayn Rand. Oh, Ayn, I'm sorry. Uh, I know she, she's listening and personally offended. <laughs> I think she's actually passed away, but yeah. Um, uh, well, then she's definitely listening. <laughs> <laughs> So her, her spooky spook ghost is, is finding us. Um, super spooky skeleton. Okay, yeah. Um, but no, um, it was actually written um, and kind of is now the basis of libertarian uh, philosophy. Um, okay. So it's essentially not about being um, superior to one another. It's that individualism is key and that what I do with my life shouldn't affect what you do with your life. And it's a vice versa thing. Um, so that's realistically more or less what Atlas Shrugged is about. I mean, it's true. This isn't my personal opinion. This is from Listverse and I, I thought it was a source. So I'm happy you can say, you can refute it. That's fine by me. You're you're fine. I just also want to point out that it's it can be a very fucking boring book because like a majority of the book is based off of like it's a whole metaphor around uh, modernism and um, old timey architectural <laughs> bullshit. And like the entire book is just basically like just talking about architecture. And if you fucking hate architecture, don't read the goddamn book. I mean, do because it's great behind the philosophy of it, but it's just it's fucking exhausting. Anyways. Uh, that murder case, she was actually shoplifting multiple times, not just from the Lululemon store that she worked, but also she was inherently like unhinged as oh. a human being. So, I mean, it wasn't the fact that she couldn't afford it. It was the fact that she had been stealing multiple, multiple, multiple times and got oh. red, caught red-handed because they wanted to fire her because they knew that she was shoplifting and gave her multiple warnings not to. Mm-hmm. Um and then she murdered her coworker. So, <laughs> so she, she just went all like full ham. Ooh. Yeah, she just went off the fucking rocker and truthfully deserved to deserves to spend the rest of her life in prison. The other tiny shitty thing about that too is that like apparently where that happened, there were people that were like there was another store that was, you know, open at the time um, when all this was happening and like two employees were in the back room and they heard everything. 
mm-hmm. happening. Like they heard screams and stuff and, and they didn't act on it, which like sucks. But, you know, it, just just one more like a little announcement because like we're not a true crime podcast, but like if you see something or you hear something, say something like it's so important because oh, yeah. even if you're just wasting the police's time, like there's a possibility that you're not and you could possibly save somebody's life just by being vigilant. So like that's the last thing that I want to say on that. So sorry to completely just shit on list first, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can be my fact checker. That's totally fine. I have one more tiny little thing before we close up because I thought it was kind of inspiring and cool. We. Um, the actor Joaquin Phoenix was born into a cult. No, fuck. Really? Yeah. He was born into the Children of God cult. And oh, his, shit. Yeah. His parents escaped in 1977. And that is why they changed their last name to Phoenix was because it was like rising from the ashes. And it was a rebirth. Yes. Oh, so I thought that was a really cool, just little tidbit. No, that's super cool. So oh, I like that. that. Nice little fun fact to end on. <laughs> well, I don't want to end just yet. Okay, don't. Go for it. Tell me more. I want you to tell our listeners about how you grew up. Mm. Oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> this is so normal for me. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> I grew up in the Church of Christ, mm-hmm. um, which is considered a Protestant denomination. However... In older cult books, like paperback cult books, it is actually listed as a cult because it is extremely strict in like the very fundamentalist traditionalist doctrine. This is not all Church of Christ today. This is like your really fundamentalist holy cow. Um, and things like women can't speak during services, women can't lead anything in services, um, you cannot have any music in church, you can't dance at all ever. Um, you can't, uh, what's another one? Shoot. Oh, no alcohol. No, ever like zero zip. Um, no, I know. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Right. (laughs) Um, and it is just really strange. And I knew a few of the people that came from a more fundamentalist version of that doctrine and my very worst story that I ever heard with from someone I knew and he was proud of this he told this story with pride and it makes me sick so hang on I have to take a drink Mm. he was a pastor so he was a leader in this you know Mm -hmm. denomination Mm -hmm. and he got married and within the first year of marriage he decided that his wife was not behaving properly Mm. And so he took her back to her parents and basically returned her and said, when you're ready to be a good wife, I will pick you up again. And he did this while being a pastor at church and a leader in church. And he said it with pride. Like, yeah, I got her in line. It took her like nine months to get straightened out, but I got her in line. And it was that kind of thing that went like uh, un unfettered like i said he was a leader <laughs> i i got to fucking go like if that <laughs> what yeah no and it, it, i knew this poor woman because you know of course she came back to him cuz she was also raised in this fundamentalist denomination and, and you don't get to leave you don't get to leave she always wore dresses i never saw her wear a pair of pants she almost never spoke like she just mm. 
And I, oh my God, the level of just suppression or oppression, I'm sorry, not suppression, oppression just was ridiculous. And his daughter would blatantly come out and say, I refuse to ever get married because I cannot stand to be with a man like my father. And so I just stay home and care for my mother in, in like a buffer zone. Bless her. Oh, a wonderful jewel of a woman. woman. They both were. They were both amazing. He was fucked hard. Um, but yeah, that was where I grew up and struggled with church for the longest time because, oh, that same man grabbed my ass in the middle of church in front of my father when I was 10 and Ew. it went, it went un, untouched, un, unwhatevered. What, what had happened, I had like a bracelet in my back pocket <clears throat> And he came up and grabbed the like hip pocket of my jeans and was like, what you got in there, darling dip? And I said, no, it's a bracelet. And I like pulled it out and was like, it's, it was clanking in church. I took it off. And he's like, oh, and he turns to my dad and he goes, you can't be letting your daughter start dipping. And my dad's just like, oh, well, whatever. And we just like, it, it went untouched. Why the fuck would you ever grab a 10 year old's ass? I don't know. Because you can get away with it. That's so disgusting. Yeah. So things that you don't realize are a cult can sometimes be a cult and people are shitty. <laughs> Dude. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like, so that was my growing up. And I've since gone back to church and found, you know, different denominations. But oh my God, like that was kind of scarring as a child to be like, this is supposed to be your place of like religious, you know, upbringing and fostering and all that kind of stuff and you kind of is a fucking understatement like i mean in comparison to people that just kind of bitch about the fact that like oh i didn't really care for my church or i don't really like the doctrine like i had a good upbringing in a church but i don't really care for it like no like no yeah like i said this guy wasn't our pastor but like he had been previously and he had he was older at this point but yeah it was just like how how can you be the revered one how can you be i mean it, it might have been a cult like it, i said it's it's not usually listed as a cult anymore in a lot of the because there are so many extreme versions of this where you you know drink the flavor aid if you will um but in older books and in older you know religious things it's named as sometimes a cult kind of with a little asterisks next to it that's so interesting yeah well thank you for sharing tess <laughs> all right guys so if there's something else that you want us to cover um this episode's going to be probably a little short but i mean if you guys mm. have any interest in anything else that we can cover send us an email at mindovermillennial at gmail.com or mindovermillennialpodcast at oh. gmail.com fuck i'll never get this right all right mindovermillennialpodcast at gmail.com <laughs> and then uh follow us on instagram at mindovermillennialpodcast I'm really bad at posting pictures, but I promise I'm there. <laughs> I'm trying to get better, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm bad at social media. <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll get better. It, it takes a time. It's a growing process, and we appreciate y'all growing with us. Um, yes, we love you. We love you, you beautiful human unicorns. Have a happy and safe Halloween. Mm -hmm. um, however you choose to celebrate, if you guys are handing out candy, just make sure that uh, no, no kiddos give you guys the COVID and don't give any kiddos the COVID. And I want to I wanna potato launch the candy from a potato launcher gun. Is that an option? No, that's a huge liability. Don't do that. But I, I want to. 
I mean, if you had acreage, I feel like you could do that. If you were like standing on your front porch and you had like five acres between you and children that you even hey, babe, hold up your jack o' lantern. Pop. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a happy Halloween and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Mind Over Millennial Music by Zach Era and Gabriel Ramos. We are funded mainly by ourselves, but we're not too proud to ask for support. Feel free to drop us a line to learn how you can keep learning from our mistakes and Google sources, of course.